And then I go, I only have this one life. I don't have kids and I don't like it here. Why am I still here? (laughs) So so I'm like, shit. Oh, excuse me. If I'm not supposed to use bad language. So I'm like, okay. So I thought to myself, like, why am I even still here? I might as well go just do other things I want to do with myself. I can totally understand if you got kids, whatever else, or you just, you know, don't want to do anything else. You haven't figured out what you want to do. Then by all means, stay in the military space where you know you're going to have that check or whatever else. But I just decided, like, hey, I want to go explore other avenues, other ventures, and experience something else in life. You just don't know how much time you have left here. And I'm a very much person of you should try the things you want to try in life at least once. The Suge Show. Welcome back. On today's episode, Pieces of Tea, I sit down with veteran, entrepreneur, and my friend, T, as we chat about her journey, her business, her experience in the military, and her views on it all. Make sure you check out her store on Etsy, follow her on Facebook, and on Instagram, and also make sure you subscribe to this podcast, XOXO Shug. Hey girl, how you doing? I am well. How are you? Sitting here working as always. As always. That's right. That's how you get it done. Yes, ma'am. So I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself so we can go ahead and get started. Okay. Um, I'm T. Well, I go by T. My full name is Tira. I'm an eight-year Air Force veteran. Um, and now I currently own a small business making handcrafted gifts for people. That's awesome. Okay, so go ahead and shout out your business. Tell me your business name and all of that and where people can find you. Okay, so the business name is Pieces of Tea. Um, I'm on IG and Facebook. On IG, it's um, at Pieces, P-I-E-C-E-E-S underscore O-F underscore T-E-E. And then on um, Facebook, it's Pieces of Tea with the number one at the end um, all together. Okay, and then you have an Etsy store as well? Oh, yes. And then on my Etsy site, which you can purchase products that are already made and ready to go, um, on Etsy, you would just go to the Etsy website and put in pieces of tea all together, and then that would take you directly to my page. Awesome. Okay, I just wanted to shout you out, shout out your business. Okay, so Thank you. everybody listening can go ahead and get some awesome items, get some little penis magnets, get a hat, get some bracelets. <laughs> yes, buy something. <laughs> yes, Tumblr, she makes it all. So you guys go ahead and um, check that out once you get done listening to this. So, okay, I wanted to ask you a few questions. I know you and I have talked um several times before about our different experiences but I wanted to have this conversation um on the podcast so that everybody can kind of get a different perspective so um why did you join the military for me when I first went in back in the day I was a college student initially um I was working what two maybe three jobs and I went to school full-time um, it was a lot to handle. And then I just had other life changes that took place. So I was like, okay, the military isn't a bad option. And at least in all my schooling would be paid for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So primary reason would you say was stability financially and then education? Or are they about the same? I would say the education factor was my main one. Gotcha. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your experience in the military. 
for me, I was enlisted. Um, I did not like the military, <laughs> quite what? honestly. I appreciate the military. I have some of the best friends in the world from the military. But I think for me, I've always been maybe what you would call a person more left-field free thinker. Um, and the military is so structured where everything is written down step by step. A to Z, you're you're not required to think on your own at all, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I didn't really like that much. I like to, you know, hey, I have this idea or this way may actually work better versus than what is written down in this book over here, or I found a shortcut. So why am I doing this one through 100 when I can do it in one through 50, you know? Right, 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 right. That's so interesting that you say that because most people... I mean, I guess you've been out for a while, but most people that are in the military or just recently get out, it's like this fear of saying, like, I didn't really like it or I didn't really have the best experience or it was too this for me or too bad for me. It's almost like this unwritten rule that you have to pretend that it was all good and it was all great. I agree with you. And I think that goes to just our um, American way of lifestyle where the military is of hell. And by no means would I ever disrespect the military. I appreciate my time in the military and the things that, you know, I learned from the military, um, certain character development, additional attention to detail. Um, I appreciate learning operations, security measures, uh, because I do travel and stuff a lot on my own. So certain things or not even certain things, a lot of things were still positive factors to take away from the military experience. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I'm not, you know, I'm on the same page as you. By no means is this a, oh, we didn't, like the military was horrible or whatever. But I think overall, you having that understanding of yourself, like, hey, I'm a little bit more of a free thinker and it was a little bit too controlled for me. I think that's that's okay to say. So. Right. I think a lot of people don't want to face that reality of certain things not being for them, whether it's whether they haven't figured out what they want to do in life or it's the expectation of family or somebody else. Or a lot of people are just afraid to take the leap. You get in one position, they're comfortable there. And then again, that's all they know. They may have not experienced anything else. You know, so many people go into the military right out of home. Your mm -hmm. mother, daddy took care of you in every possible way. And here you are thrown into this new environment, which compared to the regular civilian world, I would say the military does offer a much more of a family factor of someone kind of looking out for you, mm -hmm. this and that, this and that. It's not like you just go to work at home and then you're left by yourself if something happens later on type of deal. So. Right. Yeah, it does definitely take on a, a full lifestyle. So you know, just like you were saying, you have a supervisor and that supervisor is like responsible for you. So they got to make sure you get to all your appointments, make sure you're, you're grooming yourself, make sure your home life or your, your dorm is clean. You, you're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of your bills. If you got kids or a spouse that you, you're taking care of them, you're not beating on them or doing right. anything crazy. You know, like the military definitely is like a family. It's like big brother, big sister looking mm. out for you, you know, making sure you do what's right. So yeah, I do definitely agree that um, that does add a lot of pressure because it's like, okay, well, 
how are you not able to make it in the military? You know what I mean? They, they right. give you all the steps. They give you all the tools. They tell you, okay, this is how we want this. This is how we want that. So it's basically like a blueprint that's given to you. And I mean, yeah, you may have to check out a couple of steps over time, experience certain mm-hmm. things you learn here and there, but it's basically like, I don't want to say easy, but it should be it's like easy. Thing. It's very it? easy. I, I think it's easy. But I think what happens is just like any job that as they say, it's not the job, usually it's the people you're with, and you're kind of like, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Yes. That was I think that was my biggest thing that I had to take away from certain experiences, like certain assignments, mm-hmm. was that you know, people are going to be people. So ultimately, like, you know, you come in, you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's like, oh, I made this 20 years. And, oh, I want to be chief doctor sergeant of the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's what that's what you go in. And, you know, a lot of people want that. And then you have a great, you know, first assignment, first base, whatever. And then you get to that second or maybe that third or maybe that fourth. And it's like, okay, well, this is not, this is not what I signed up for. This is nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Right. So why are these people this way or they saying this? And, you know, I think that was mostly my, um, I think the only probably less positive thing I could say is that when I came in, you know, straight from home, mm-hmm. I didn't know what kind of people were out there. Mm-hmm. And so when I met people that were, you know, different from the people at church or the people at school or all the other military people that I was around growing up, it was like, whoa, why, why is this person got this attitude? Or why is this, why is this person, you know, backstabbing, right. you know what I mean? Say they got my back, but then they going to doing this behind my back. Or why is this person never held to the same standard I am? You know what I mean? It was just like, right. It's, it's always like, something. Yeah. It's you know, always something. I agree with you very much. For me, though, I didn't come straight from home to the military. I was in college first. I already had moved out on my own. I've already been, I had been living on my own for maybe what was a year or two before the military. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I've always handled my own from an early on age. But I think growing up for me, that's how I was raised to be independent and like, hey, you got some shit that you want to do or you're going to figure out how to do it because nobody's going to hold your hand to get through it, you know. Um, so hence, even me working two to three jobs at a time back then, um, I can't, I don't even think it felt stressful. I felt like it's just one of those things you have to do when you're at that young in life in that phase and you're like, Hey, I'm trying to get some money. I got to make car payment. I got insurance. I got rent to pay. So when I first came in, I remember meeting up with uh, other brand new airmen and a lot of them didn't have cars. I remember having an airman that. She had never driven a car. I remember helping her teach her to drive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And I'm just like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of strange to me. So, yeah, that's just how I took it. Yeah, it was just strange to me. But I don't miss it. I miss the people. Sometimes I do think, like, damn, I could be getting ready to retire in, like, another, what, five, six years had I stayed in. Mm -hmm. But since I've been out, I've honestly have done pretty well for myself. Um, even since I've been out of the military. So I can't really complain. I count my blessings. I'm thankful for the military experience. I'm thankful for my education. And most mm-hmm. importantly, I think I'm thankful for the 
few friends I made while in the military that are like extended family, whether I talk to them all the time or not, but I know if I ever need somebody, hey, such and such, you know, this mm-hmm. and that, they would do it for me without a drop of a dime. And I think for me, that is the most biggest special factor ever to know that you have some people that you could reach out to if you ever had something major going on or just, you know, hey, I wanted to ask a favor or check on you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. doesn't turn to yeah. that same distant thing when you're working in the civilian world and you stop working somewhere and you're not ever going to talk to those people in the civilian office that work <laughs> with you ever again so yeah yeah that i think uh the military is great at at introducing you to your best friends you know not just your best friends for this assignment or here or there but like your best friends for life because like you know just like you were saying i mean i still talk to people from tech school still talk to people mm-hmm. from my first assignment it's like you know it's been almost 10 years so i think that's it's it is something to to say about how the military weathers you to value relationships, I think in a different way than if you didn't ever join the military. Right. I agree with you there. Plus, so with the military, too, then I think the idea is fostered as well. When you're preparing, everything is still about the main mission of if you have to deploy or be in a mm-hmm. war zone. So you have to learn to have some sort of trust relationship and have each other's back because if something did happen and you're out in a war zone or something else, you want to be prepared for those times. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, I only have one deployment, but when you go, you like when you come in the military, you go to tech school, it's like, OK, your job is to deploy, your job is to deploy. So, like, you know, you do get kind of, I don't want to say complacent, but you do kind of forget that the relationships that you've built over time like this is like your family like it's so weird I just separated and I'm like I miss my co-workers like I miss you know Mm -hmm. I miss working like I miss those people and it's like when I look at it I spent more I definitely spent more time with my co-workers than I did with my family in the Mm -hmm. last you know what I mean however many years because I'm right like maybe one weekend here and there and the holidays Mm -hmm. But aside from that, like those are those are the people that I I see every day. I've seen them. I see pictures of their kids. They kids, you know, from when they're born, and now they're like four or five, talking, running around. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, right. this is really like these are really your. I'm gonna say your tribe, but it's definitely an extension of you in a in a in a weird way. Right. These are the people you're connected to, and everything else. So. I don't know. I'm trying to think. My last assignment, though, I separated from McDill in Florida. And that honestly was a very, like, that last assignment was so rough for me. Um, Yeah, I'm about to be real cutthroat for a moment. I used to think I was going to beat my supervisor's ass. Like, I remember, I think on my final few days or something, she either didn't come to work or whatever it was. But what made me snap out of it was um, one of my coworkers one day said to me, Carl, we were waiting on you to finally cuss her out for everybody. And I realized right in that moment, they wasn't going to use me as the guinea pig. And I wasn't going to go down for it because I was about to separate anyway. So I'm not about to get written up or potentially lose rank or something else, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or even for them to prevent me from separating at the time that I was trying to separate, you know. Right, right. But yeah. for the longest time, I thought I was going to. That's crazy. You wasn't sure. like you. Really I wasn't <laughs> sure. I think I used to was a little bit of a hothead back then. You know how you pay. If the right moment happened and nobody around, I'm about to like straight choke her ass out one good time on his desk. Bam! Slap that head down into the camera. 
Look, whoever listening to this, look, I know I'm not the only one. Somebody else too has thought that. Even the civilians that he like, you like, I should whoop this person's ass one good time. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like when I look at look back at like my horrible assignment, I'm like, you know what? I really, really, really should have took it there. Like I should have cursed them out. I should have been it, it, it's a lot of stuff that I should I wish I had done because then I would have been feeling like okay well the punishment or the repercussions of what I did is worth it you know right. what I mean I don't know I used to cuss out people back in the day though but that's my personality I'm not like that anymore but when I was younger I think I had a little bit more like you mess with me I'm gonna put you in your place plus I feel like as I've gotten older, I think I've calmed down a lot. I've got much nicer, and people still try you constantly. You're like, I don't even feel like fussing you out. So at least then I just kind of pick my arguments, and you know, I realize this isn't going to matter to me in five minutes, and I go on about my business. But yeah, I think uh, I always was very. I don't know. The, I got to put my fingers up and do the word professional. So I always <laughs> felt like. You know, I worked in an office environment, so it's very, you know, business casual. You got the civilians that have been working there for 20, 25 years. And so it was a lot more, you know, business related. I mean, I was in contracting. So I always felt like I have to be professional or I have to wear this uniform in a way where, yeah, I want to curse you out. Yeah, I want to say these things to you, but I'm not going to Mm -hmm. because that would be unprofessional of me. Right. Whereas in my personal life, oh yeah, you was getting cursed out. You was definitely gonna get cursed out. Right. Everybody. I I don't know. I think people. Period. I get what you're saying because I remember I worked in an office environment too. I was always a paper pusher. Um, as they call it in the Air Force, or what is it? What's the term? They oh chair, you know, chair force. I was a paper pusher. And um, yeah, the, the civilians work with me too, but like, I don't know, I used to be like, yeah, you, you mess with me, you're going to get it. Because it was just, in certain things you think back, like, why would this person be doing this now, like you said? And used mm-hmm. to, sometimes it would be a headache, but I'm still appreciative of everything. And at the end of the day, you can't control other people, you can only control yourself. So oh, yeah. at least you managed to remain professional all those years. It took me a while to learn that, and then it wasn't worth for me reacting to, even though it felt good at the time. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about what you've done since leaving the military. And if you don't mind, tell me why you decided to leave. Okay, so since I've been out of the military, when I first got out, I ended up, I wrapped up my college degree. Um, whoop, whoop, the military covered that for me. Um, then I got offered a really nice contracting gig overseas. I love to travel. So to be able to work somewhere in another country and have a company pay for all accommodations, everything else is a win-win situation. And the paycheck is usually worth it, you know? Um, So I started government contracting, which I stayed doing that, I think, for about five years off and on. Um, The first time I was in Doha, Qatar, or Qatar, I think either name is either verb or just appropriate to use. then I want to say I left and then I was probably like visiting with friends and hanging out in Korea. Then I would take a few trips in between my contracting time, then go back and get picked up for another contract. And then the last contract I just came from, I spent two full years in Afghanistan, I think it was, right about two years or maybe a little longer. But I was in between Kandahar and Bagram Airfield. So obviously that's in a war zone. 
Mm-hmm. And personally to me, I didn't feel that threatening in the environment, like how people be so nervous and stuff. I'm used to being around other cultures of people. And I usually like the to meet and socialize with a little bit of whoever, wherever I am. Mm-hmm. So that for me is always exciting and a good time um, when I'm, you know, traveling somewhere else, period, and being in the U.S. And then for me, the main factor of getting out was just, I feel like, hey, I got a lot of other things I want to pursue in life. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And I have to, I look at things as in a very simplified manner of, hey, this is still just a job. A lot of people stay on jobs all the time and you, know, you end up losing your job abruptly. Right. The only difference to me with the military is, excuse me, they're not as likely or as fast to put you out if you do something wrong. But Mm -hmm. on the same note, I remember seeing different friends who were higher ranking than me. And you watch this person literally dedicate their whole life to the military. And then one wrong thing would go wrong with this person or something happened by mistake. And next thing you know, they get an Article 15, which if you have anybody listening that's not military, it's pretty much like you did something extremely bad. It goes against the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And then they're docu- putting this document against you that you can lose rank away, what have you from. Mm-hmm. So I watched the person lose rank and everything for something that was a minor mistake, but it wasn't on his part, but they still blamed him for it. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs of things, but you got to think this guy was a gun hole, you know, Air Force all the way. They need him to do this. Like, he put the military even before his family. And, okay. yeah, so I always think of it as just like a job. And if tomorrow you do something bad enough or whatever, or somebody doesn't like you, you're likely to lose this job. And then I go, I only have this one life. I don't have kids and I don't like it here. Why am I still here? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, shit. Oh, excuse me. I, if I'm not supposed to use bad language. So I'm like, okay. So I thought to myself, like, why am I even still here? I might as well go just do other things I want to do with myself. I can totally understand if you got kids, whatever else, or you just, you know, don't want to do anything else. You haven't figured out what you want to do. Then I want me stay in the military space where, you know, you're going to have that check or whatever else. Mm -hmm. But I just decided like, Hey, I want to go explore other avenues, other ventures and experience something else in life. You just don't know how much time you have left here. And I'm a very much person of, you should try the things you want to try in life at least once some, if possible, you know? Yeah. I I think that is amazing. So first off, congrats on getting your degree. That's awesome that you followed through and, you know, got your education in. And then, wow, like government contracting is something that you hear like, oh, okay, when people separate, like, oh, okay, are you going to go overseas and do this and do that? But you don't really get to talk to very many people who actually did it, especially women going by themselves and doing that so I think that's awesome like is that something you want to continue doing or was it just for that period of time no I would probably continue to do it off and on period um if possible unless somehow I do decide like well I'm going to have kids or something else and maybe they need a little bit more stability but then Mm -hmm. again I probably would still take my kids overseas as well for me personally just with the climate of how things are going in America today um yeah, because a lot of the when people think of contract environments, they immediately assume you're in this war zone and something is bad. That's not always the case, at least so far. 
one contract or two different contract gigs I've taken has been normal living. I didn't have to live on the installation. I could drive a car and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think people assume always you're in this terrible war zone, bad things are happening, and that's not the case. And even for the war zone environments, I worked a desk job. And when my family says, oh, they're nervous about me being over there, mm-hmm. I always go, I'm so far into the base. If I got killed, that that means everybody else around me is already dead. Like, (laughs) I know that sounds a little cutthroat, but I live in the reality of things for me personally. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, the likelihood of this happening isn't there. And then two people think, okay, you're over here with these um, Afghanis or this type of, you know, different nationalities and stuff, and they're going to do something. No, a lot of these people are just like us. We, they want to work, make some money. They sell different goods and items they make on the base and stuff like that. So there is, it's not like that. No matter where you go, you're going to have, you know, tough situations or, you know, positives and negatives, but that Mm -hmm. is a very good point about women going alone, because I have been in a few situations where we were expecting like, a, per, a new person to come in, or they did actually come in, they got out into the desert or what have you, like, what the hell is this? And I'll never forget, we had one girl, she was there one night, she packed up her stuff and got on the airplane and went back. <laughs> like, what? she just, one yes, night? She, yes, she up and left. Like, the next day, we went to go pick her up to, you know, bring her to the office, and she was gone. She was gone. All her stuff was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, she's laughing. It's like a long flight to get out there. Girl, that flight long as hell. That's crazy, but you know, it's not for everybody. So I'm. No, it is not. It's not. (laughs) I would rather somebody, you know, leave immediately than like, you know, take uh, all this time or whatever. She get you know, up to speed or whatever, and then, like, randomly she leaves, so I guess she right. Right. I'm sure, you know, she went home and was like, you know, I could have got that money, but uh, it was It's not worth me. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that yeah, is but uh, she sure enough jumped ship. Mm. But, yeah, mm. I think um, what you were saying about how much time we have left like we, that's true you, we really don't know so I think um you separating and then you know me separating I think it was the best decision I haven't been out that long but I think it was the best decision for me because there's a lot of things that I wanted to try and I was in the military saying like oh I want to do this and oh I want to do that but I wasn't you know, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it was like because I put the military first and I felt like, well, oh, I don't want to. Well, I take that back. It is because I put the military first and I did put the perception and, you know, you have to be, um, you have to you represent the Air Force and the military mm-hmm. positively on and off duty. And I feel like I took that to heart in a way that it limited how much or what way I felt I was able to express myself. Mm-hmm. and what I was willing to do or try or whatever like you know I just went to a bartending course a couple of weeks ago and that's something that I wanted to do while I was active duty but it was like oh well do I have to tell somebody oh mm-hmm. you know what I mean like oh if somebody saw me there would they snitch and yeah that kind of right. stuff. So it was well, like, congrats I to you. 
well, thank you. But, you know, it was like I didn't want to even ask the question to give somebody, you know what I mean, give somebody pause, like, oh, well, Sergeant Lightfoot is bartending at the local bar. You know what I mean? Like, how does right. that work or whatever? So I am, I think um, even if I don't completely stay off active duty, I think for this period of time before I, you know, have kids and get married and all of that, I think it's good for me to be out Right, and do some things you want to do. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing too yes. bad. You know, I don't know. I think I used to still go do stuff I wanted to do. I just didn't tell anybody. Like, it, the only down for me, I used to, at one point, I used to think I wanted to be like a chef. And I remember I was stationed in Sumter, South Carolina. There wasn't a damn thing around that base. So I would try to go look into certain programs or other activities I wanted to do. But unfortunately, I always kept getting stuck at places that I didn't really want to be at. And then other things I had put off just because I was married previously in life. And, you know, when you have a spouse and other things, you got to consider how they feel about certain scenarios. But now I only have myself and the dog and I'm just like to hell with it. I should just, well... Let me backtrack. I've always been like, to hell with that. I should do what I want to do, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But even as I've gotten older, I think that has been instilled in me a lot more like, screw it, I might as well just go ahead and do it. You know, a lot of people look at me strange and they say, oh, well, you have this and you have that. Uh, You know, how are you just going to up and leave these things for this and that? But for me, I've never been overly stuck to material possessions or anything like that. And I feel mm-hmm. like you could you could always lose anything and everything at the drop of a dime. Like, God forbid, if my home got caught on fire and then I lose everything, you know? So, yeah. yeah. That, yeah I just true. look at things in that perspective. And nobody, as you get older, no one goes, oh, remember when you had this or you had that? So I want to sit back and think about, like the chocolate pie, what they call it, chocolate pie and grease that I had, or this eggplant dip I had somewhere, or the street food in Korea, I'm mm-hmm. a foodie. So that's the stuff I reminisce about in my mind sometimes when I'm sitting like, oh man, I can't wait to eat that again, or if I get to go there again, or I want to go check this out. So those, I want to have more experiences if yeah. more than anything in life. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I was just telling uh, one of my friends, she's in Doha she's um at the D now and I was telling her like oh when you go on face you're gonna have some lamb chops and I just, <laughs> I feel a little bit jealous you know what I mean? oh yeah that lamb oh, girl it tastes like they killed the baby in the back and served girl, it to you right there right on the spot it's so juicy Ooh, man, yes I, I miss the food and I was telling her like you know, I wish I was there with you because we would have so much fun and, you know, all that stuff. Uh-huh. But I think that, yeah, you're right. Like, experiences are more important than for your memory's sake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. you know, you may, you know, buy an expensive car and remember how you felt, you know, while you were driving that expensive car when you first got it. But, like, other stuff like that, like, that same car is not going to bring you that much joy as compared to like a trip around the world or right. you know what I mean like some going somewhere with somebody you love or doing some you know something right plus something material possessions we right uh plus material possessions we always want to upgrade anyway I think oh, it's yeah. human nature you always want something better what you have now is outdated or whatever else so I think it's just human nature period is that like greed because I don't know what is that like what is it with- um 
I don't think it's a greed factor. I think it is our American way of life. I think it is something that has been embedded into our society since we're born that you don't pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, It is something that you would, you know, certain things are displayed to you even in subliminal messaging, whether it's a cartoon or TV show, but it's a constant thing of, hey, I got a better paying job. I need a bigger car, a bigger house, this and that, fancier wardrobe, whatever else it is. So our society just has so much focus on material possessions. And those are, if you have certain material possessions, that is shown as you then of a certain status or whatever else. And that's how people interpret it, that you had now have money or you have something else, you know, even though the person could be broken, struggling and still living above their means. Right, but right, right. Yeah. We assume. Yeah, you assume, especially with social media. So you assume that whatever is presented to you or for you is exactly how it is. So I think that that is true. I think it is the American way. Yes, it is. It's very much so the American way. But at least I can say I'm at peace with my decision of leaving the military. Um, I've been at peace with my other decisions thus far in life. I feel like I still have some things to catch up on. Then, you know, other people like, T, you've already done it all. You have it all. Or I wish I had your life. So I guess for me, just like how some people seek those material possessions, I think I seek and enjoy that next step in life and seeing, you know, can I push myself to get there? So. Okay. So what's next? What would you say is next? Next is I have a few ideas I want to roll out for my business. And what a lot of people don't know is that I have solely funded my business myself since day one. So I don't have any loans or anything else I've taken out on it. Um, I have a really good idea that kind of got put aside, right? Not 100% put aside, but I'm slowly developing because I wanted to be something great that people like, okay, wow, this is really cool. This is a good idea. I can support this. And maybe I'll try crowdfunding or something later on because as time goes on with my particular idea, which I'm not going to put out there yet, unfortunately, sorry. <laughs> um I want to be able to patent my own design and different concepts as things go forward. But I realized for me, I want to turn a different direction with my business into some extent of not just offering pretty things, but pretty with some sort of functional factor that people can really utilize in life. Um, And uh, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm thankful, you know, that I got a good head on my shoulders and the other support I have from people like you and other friends and groups and stuff to get information and things from. And then like you even mentioned social media world. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally try to use it for as much positive as I can. So I'm a part of quite a few different groups of uh, women groups that are focused on, Hey, are you trying to develop a business? We're well, here. Are the steps here. People can ask mm-hmm. questions to the group consists of, you know, all different types of educational backgrounds um, lawyers and stuff in a group that are business, you know, uh, some type of like business attorney um, who answer questions for you and, you know, try to help you out and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's so funny, though, that my penis magnets are literally my number one selling item, which is has been great. So and those, yeah, it started as a joke. So but, you know, I appreciate this journey has taught me a lot. It has not been easy. And then I'm, I work alone. So That's awesome. So I'm super excited. You know, we've talked offline about some things that you are thinking about doing. So I can't wait to see what they are. And I think that crowdsourcing is an amazing idea 
once you get you know everything to a point where you're ready to let people know what you're working on and what you're doing and you get your patents and stuff ready um so keep me in mind because i do want to continue to support you i think you're amazing and i'm glad that i met you i did not think that you are going to be this awesome so i'm pleasantly surprised i know um, i got that strong mean demeanor no i'm just kidding i don't think it's that mean but <laughs> just i don't want to say like me just you just never know you know what i mean like you can sit in somebody's company in a big group setting because you know we we've met through the tampa beauties and boots group right right yeah so you could be you know it's a it's a bunch of different ladies it's a bunch of different stuff going on so you have no idea who people really are and then that is very get, true you know what i mean in a smaller setting where you can actually hear somebody talk and actually have a conversation mm -hmm. with them i think it's you know completely different right well i liked you when i met you because i don't talk to everybody sometimes i could be sitting there i'll be quiet the whole time they're like she was wrong nothing i just had it all weirdos and i'm not about to fuck with that group over there oh no well, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Why don't we hold you too long? This has been a true joy. Um, and I hope that you'll come back and we can do another episode on something different. I thank you for being candid and being open and, you know, telling me about yourself and telling everybody who's listening about you. So this has been awesome. Thank you for having me on Brittany, I greatly appreciate it. And it's been a wonderful moment. All right. Talk to you later, girl. Bye. All right. Bye.